Hello, Caitlin. Oh, Emily. Welcome to a conversation <laughs> on consent. I don't even know what the entry point is. I do feel like I can't make jokes, so I won't. What I think is really interesting, and I want to talk about how this conversation came to be, is I feel like the the topic of this conversation and the the goal of this conversation was a little different than what the conversation ended up being about, which makes sense because I feel the conversation that has been had so much lately in the most beautiful way is about more on the intimacy coordinator mm -hmm. side of consent. And it is when two people are filming something or an actor slash actress is asked to do something on set, having someone there that is third party. Yeah. Third party. That is like their advocate for yeah. them and making sure that they're okay. Making sure that they feel comfortable because the truth is like some people I feel aren't bothered by much and yeah. they're ready to just bear all in many different ways. And some people are asked to do things that one, they're not prepared before they get to set that they're going to be asked to do. And then to like, they even knowing that it's just, it's uncomfortable. Like the whole situation is uncomfortable. And if you have someone on set that makes you uncomfortable, whether it's your scene partner, whether it's the person behind the camera, whether it's the person holding the boom mic over you, things can be said and done that just are not Correct. appropriate. And yeah. so having someone there to advocate for you, very important. Love that conversation. I think it's one that we should be having. This conversation, however, was more. And so slight background, our dear friend, Nick Wexler, ATX ambassador, ATX TV ambassador, um, who, Ros original Roswell revenge, uh, the boys, the boys, which I'm going to be honest, have not watched. And there's also, uh, I mean, this was already out there, like a superhero orgy in it. So very specifically talk about intimacy and yeah. consent and whatnot. There's some real wild stuff Craziness. that this year. Uh, all that being said, Nick, uh, is one of those people that is very blunt on panels. Also very open on panels. Well, really talk about anything that we ask him to talk about. And it's lovely that he will do that. And really, honestly, just, he's just someone that we really love having around the festival, not only because he's a good friend, but because he will talk openly about the industry and his experience and his opinions on things, which he does have many of. Um, but for this, Jen, our director of programming was like, what does Nick actually want to talk about? Like, I know that he will sit on any panel, but what does he really want to speak on? And so I called him and said, Jen wants to know, what do you want to talk about? And I'm going to be honest, I thought he was going to be like, oh, you know, whatever. And he immediately goes, consent. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Tell me more. And what he really wanted to talk about was the portrayal of consent on TV. Mm. And that is, he was saying, and he's had, besides the shows we've mentioned, he has guest starred on many things. He's been on many TV and movies. So I'm not speaking on any project specifically, but he has been in roles where he's like, you know, it says in the script, like, and then he grabs her and passionately kisses her and throws her up against the wall. And then they have whatever, you know, the scene entails. And he was like, there's been times where I've been reading this. And he's like, I, even though what you're seeing are two consent, you think you're seeing two consenting adults. It's like, he really is like grabbing her and kissing her without any sort of indication of, is this okay? Is this something you want? And he's like, I think it's really bad portrayal. And I've been asked to do this in many shows. And he's like, and sometimes I will 
add in something, whether it's an acting choice or a line or whatnot, that basically like looks at his scene partner and is like, it's okay. And there's raised like a eyebrows. slow, I raised eyebrow, like a slower move in a little nod, uh, something that, and he feels very passionately about this. And I thought it was such an, and we talked about it for a long time. We should probably maybe have him on a podcast to really do a deep dive, but he really, in a way that I love so much, felt very passionately about it especially in TV, one of his points was in film, they have a little bit longer of, especially in those scenes, you can kind of build two things a little bit more. So you have a little bit of time if you choose to show people both entering into a scene willingly, but in TV, because it's so quick and especially network television, they don't have time for that. I mean, it is a, we got to get to the point scene starts and we got to get them up against the wall as quickly as possible. So there's no time to really show that trans transition transition. I wanted to say transgression, which was like on topic, but not the right word, um, transition of how that happens. And so that's really what he wanted the topic to be about. And he very specifically also said, I can talk about this and really want to, but I need a female perspective on this panel. This cannot just be me being a raising the flag for yes, women everywhere. For women ever. He's like, they don't need, they don't need me telling them this. He's like, I want to be part of it because he very much wanted women to know, like, this is something that men do care about mm-hmm. as well. And something that they see and understand is a problem, but not something that he's like, they don't just need my opinion on it. I love that. Yeah. But you're saying that's not the conversation. Well, so I had. think the conversation starts there, but then does from what I've heard is really does go a little bit more into the intimacy coordinator part of it and on set, what happens on set. So I think that it goes a few different ways. So I think really more than anything, there's, there's so much to be talked about. Right. Cause he is joined by Jemima Ruper and Hannah Dodd, who are both actors in flowers in the attic, the origin, and it's moderated by Emily Longretta. I do think even the way that you're talking about the topic, which can be part two, yeah. uh, it would honestly, and I know we, we try, this is another panel programming Sunday, all the things, um, who's available. Who's also willing. Do they understand the conversation? Cause even us starting this intro, like, what am I allowed to say? Like, everyone's just a little on edge about like what they should talk about and when, and does their opinion matter? Everyone's does I'm gonna say everyone's does um but I actually think based on that conversation another an actress but a writer who mm-hmm. yes maybe it doesn't say in the script in the way that Nick would prefer or be happy to see one way or the other because sometimes there isn't consent like flowers in the attic the origin I mean we actually even paused about screening it for a second or at least considered and had a conversation because there's a marital rape scene in the first episode so like it's actually portraying there isn't consent because that is the point of what is happening in that episode. And so having the conversation about what is the intended effect and is the concept that it's supposed to be romantic and she does want it. There is implied consent. Um, Cause we've also seen the things where it's like, is it okay if I kiss you? And like, sometimes that's right for the story. And sometimes that's a mood breaker. So right. like what, especially in film and television where it's fantasy and things like that. So like, where are all of those lines and talking to a creator and a writer about different scenarios in which maybe they've done all of those. And then also, I think what would be really interesting adding onto that is the director, because then for mm-hmm. the director too, how is it shot? How do yeah. you shoot this where 
it doesn't break the romantic build that right. you have and doesn't like take people out of the scene. And also this is the writer as well. Like it doesn't feel cheesy. Yeah. I think the reason why it's a, a times more important thing to do is the onset intimacy coordinator, like how comfortable you are as a person, because like this starts to get into like literally what is the story you're telling and what kind of, you know, uh, handcuffs, that's not really what I mean, but like limitations are you putting on a story because you need it to have consent re represented. Whereas like, like I said, flowers in the attic that they don't need, like that's not the story they're mm -hmm. telling. And it gets into like all of those, like, what are the rules of like the types of stories that you can tell? But I think both conversations are important and interesting because the one Nick is even talking about has literal story implications and like, what is, what is the creator's vision? Like what, it, what is it that they want kind of a thing? I do like one last anecdote is we all go see a movie our staff goes and sees a movie oh ghost i know festival. what she's gonna say and so we all went and saw top gun not any major spoilers but it's not a spoiler our intern Except our about... lovely intern bridget who had been in a long conversation with nick during the festival part post festival about this topic and how this topic came up and what it was and like we did kind of a deep dive on it that during top gun a female character walks into her house and very purposefully leaves the door open for a male character to follow her in. And I leaned over to Bridget and I go, that's consent. I actually thought you were going to tell a different story. Oh. Well, I was like, oh, <laughs> but that that's is a different story. Yeah. <laughs> that, and I was like, that's consent. And I thought, talk about being funny. I thought that that was a well-timed funny joke. Honestly, it's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Like it's, <laughs> it's pretty hot. Yes. Um, I do. Our producer can cut this out if they want, but I do think it is also talks about representation and power of story and responsibility <laughs> is that the actual debate that happened with that I, the story I thought Emily was going to tell is that she thought it was irresponsible <laughs> storytelling. I believe <laughs> that I did that, uh, Tom Cruise rides a motorcycle in the movie without a helmet. I do. When we left the movie and everyone's talking about how much they loved it, which I don't disagree with. The thing that bothered me the most is the movie starts off and here's Tom Cruise on a motorcycle going at very fast speeds and he's not wearing a helmet. And all I can see are little children all over the world or like, big children cool. being like, look how cool Tom Cruise is on this motorcycle, not wearing a helmet. And I feel that that is irresponsible. I did point out he wore a helmet in space. <laughs> well, great. So when kids go to space, they're going to want to wear helmets, not when they get on motorcycles. I find this hilarious and it has been an ongoing thing. Thing about responsibility and responsible filmmaking no, very strongly and about it. she does I, you know no no opinion <laughs> we're gonna end this with i'm back to being neutral i understand both sides and i am not picking one and so with that make your own decisions i will say on the flip side as we just said that means i also believe top gun did a very good job of showing what consent is so Negative on one side, positive on the other. And, Go space, ahead. and space travel. Uh, a conversation on consent with Nick Wexler, Jemima Ruper, Hannah Dodd, and moderated by Emily Longretta from Variety. Bye-bye. Why, why did you want to have this conversation? I, I don't know. Like, like I've struggled with depression and shit like that, and so I've always felt a bit different, and I felt like I, I for a lot of... Uh, I just don't see men that are, you know, deal with that kind of stuff on uh, TV or film much. And um, 
And so similarly, I felt like I wasn't seeing, I felt like men were, um, it was a Pepe Le Pew kind of thing that I was saying all the time and nobody was like, I was like, I was just so shy and mortified by the idea of ever putting a woman in a position where she would feel obligated to talk to me or allow me to hold her hand or something. Um, I was never just pursuing sex or anything, but I feel like even with good guys, um, that's what I see a lot of the yeah. time. Is you know, it's like I don't see. Um, I, f I feel like there's there's this dynamic a lot on TV where uh, and in film where men are very uh, aggressively pursuing a woman who's a bit like not sure she's interested, and he just keeps pursuing until he gets her, um, or the moment of when when you know, intimacy is about to happen, uh, they are, um, we're, we're not showing him having earned her trust or signal that she's enthusiastically interested. Um, and these are things that I've always looked for in my life. And I'm like, how come nobody's ever, nobody ever does it like, I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm so amazing, but it's just, but anyway, it's all shut up now. I want to hear from you. Sorry. Well, for you guys, I'm curious what your experience has been with that on sets, because I think it is a very different experience from male to female when you're filming scenes like that, when you're watching TV. So kind of what can you guys talk a little bit about that? It's a huge thing. Like I've been working in the UK since the mid 90s, and I feel like the way things are now, like there are a lot of good changes happening, but yeah, there's still there's still places to go. But in the, I, I remember doing a, a kind of teen series about relationships in the, you know, the early noughties and uh, the way we did sex scenes was just sort of like, action, go for it. Um, and, you know, you, sometimes you're doing it with friends and that's weird in some ways and easier in some ways. And sometimes it's with someone you barely met and you're kind of fumbling around and, you know, the, these instances there wasn't any nudity or whatever but you're negotiating uh, this love language with someone that you don't know and uh, you don't know what's okay and what's not and it's embarrassing and it's exposing and you you know as a woman then you didn't want to really say anything because you don't want to be difficult and all that kind of thing um, if you're a guy it's difficult because the men on set think you have the best job in the world because you're getting to like kiss all these girls or whatever and there's a, a kind of machismo that happens on set in that way. I think uh, now recently the experiences we've had, um, uh, there's intimacy coordinators now which goes a long way to enable, you know, to have a dialogue, to, to choreograph things, to um, to do that but again there's it's very interesting there's there's so many sort of different dynamics to do with uh in our show um i have a scene with a male actor where he is aggressing uh on my character and it's essentially a rape but it's a very gray area um and um and she doesn't consent um and the actor was you know it, it, for him it was really upsetting i was kind of all right in the circumstances because everyone was looking after me we were talking about it uh we had a good relationship me and this actor so that we you know i trusted him um it all felt okay but i felt like it's sort of worse sometimes having to pretend to be the aggressor and doing the awful thing it's easier doing the reaction in some ways 
Um, so that dynamic is kind of interesting yeah, on set. Absolutely. Um, sorry, I'm waffling on a lot. It's fine. What about you? What is the I mean, I've only been in the industry within the time period that intimacy coordinators have have been a thing. Yeah. So I, to me, it's 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 crazy that it ever existed like in a place without them. But yeah, I think there's still some work to go. I think um, TV's also moving in a, maybe not moving in a direction, but there is just so many intimate scenes and so many TV programs at the moment that it's almost expected of actors. Um, so I think that's like another conversation that probably needs to be had. Um, there's a lot at like audition level now that they, uh, say like must be comfortable with scenes of a sexual nature and nudity and if you're not then it's down to you to not audition for that role but then you lose out on on parts which I think is an interesting topic as well but mm -hmm. but yeah it's it is a stunt so it's it's crazy to me that it wasn't treated like stunts until pretty recently <laughs> yeah I mean Nick for you you have been doing romantic scenes you've done them for many years so before intimacy coordinators really I would say because yeah. they've become more <laughs> prominent as of recent. So I'm curious for you, have did you have you noticed the shift? Like, have you been on one versus the other? Actually, I don't think I've been on a... S well... Get asked to do less love scenes, right? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, as I go better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, it's... I, I haven't been on a set since where I've had... Um, like, since intimacy coordinators have been introduced, where I've had to do anything intimate. Okay. Um, so I haven't had anything to compare it to in that sense. For me, it's more uh, like seeing. Um, I just I worry about the impact of people seeing this stuff. Like I, I know that just I, I thought there was something wrong with me or un unlovable about me that I was so like painfully shy or something growing up. And but from that came this, you know. Well, that and because I think, even though nobody sat me down and told me to respect women, I think my mom, I, I had seven brothers and my mom, like, there was just so much testosterone testosterone in the house and my, my mom was raising all of us and she, and it, she was just the lone woman, you know, and I think watching her, like, with go through that maybe just made me protective or something. That coupled with my, like, crippling insecurity. Mm -hmm. So I've just never been comfortable with aggressing um, and so enthusiastic consent has always sort of been a no-brainer for me and when I play uh, a character th there's even things like I can tell you a story about something I worked on um, where uh, the character was supposed to grab this girl that he he hadn't he didn't they weren't like boyfriend and girlfriend they weren't they, they, they were just kind of starting out getting to know each other and and the scene was written so that he he grabs her by the waist and pulls her in. He's basically saying, "Don't go do that thing. I want you to come with me. Come with me." And do, and, and there's something about that. The implication for me is that he's he's counting on his his sexual magnetism to um, to lure her. And and I, I and like and there's this this grabbing where I'm like, "Look, if you guys are together, you know." Then, then okay, but like, I worry about the message it sends, and and then the like, internalized misogyny that we all, or the misogyny we all internalize from seeing this time and time again, to where it probably sounds puritanical and weird sometimes when I say this stuff, 
because it's like, oh, you don't want a guy to like ever, he can never grab a girl and kiss her. And I'm like, well, not never, but I want to see where he earned that right. I don't want to see um, where he just did it because it's like, you know, whatever, she's into me. I, I just know she is, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's stuff like that, that it's always made me uncomfortable and I feel like if I'm gonna play a role, like if I'm gonna play a bad guy, a guy that we all kind of understand is not, we're not supposed to admire him, I don't mind doing that stuff. Right. If, it, if the actress is comfortable with, with, with that stuff. But if I'm supposed to play a guy who's a good guy, then I'm not comfortable with it. So on this one project, they, they wanted me to do that. And I was like, I, I can't play it that way because I don't feel like he's as good a guy if, if you do that. And they're like, okay, we're going to talk after this scene. And I was like, yes, we are. <laughs> and, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, there's part of it was that there was a character reason I did it, disagreed with for him doing it. But also, it was like, there's this implied ownership or something that's just I'm uncomfortable with when I'm like, I, I want to know that she wants this. Bef like, you know, I don't want to steamroll her desire. Um, so. Anyway, it's just stuff like that that I worry, I worry about seeing the, you know, about the consequences of just seeing it over and over again. Yeah. Uh. That's what it will take is gradually, if you send a message enough, I mean, you know, growing up 90s, what you see, you know, in any kind of media or culture was always kind of, a, you know, skewed to men's entitlement. And... I, I don't, most girls growing up back home in the UK, I don't know how it was here, but we didn't really understand that we had the right to sort of say no or not go for things. And it's, you're learning from everything you're seeing and what you, you know, you're saturated with. And you're right that if you can make those changes where things that are visible, where you can teach younger men um, and they'll only know by sort of showing it and you tell these stories and you put this in and it's something that everyone is aware of on the same page and it's a language that then gets spoken and mm. you talk about it as much as possible and talk about it more. I feel like there is more, I feel like with, you know, more your generation, the younger actors that I work with, I feel like the, the women, the females are more confident. I feel like you do know your rights a bit more, I mm. feel. Um, not that that necessarily helps all the time, but um, that there are changes happening. I, feel, I don't know if anybody saw um, I May Destroy You. Mm. Yes. Um, which was such a like incredible, incredible program, but immediately made me think of that. But it, what was really interesting was showing the gay storyline and the, the, the rape that happened there. And that's something that, you know, never gets shown on TV or mm. never gets mm -hmm. told. Um, and is as important and needs to be as visible um, and needs to be as understood and talked about. And um, yeah, you know, there are people doing that in television. Um, I hope, you know, we do it a bit in, in our show, which is actually a period piece, but uh, yeah. with sort of maybe more modern sensibilities. Um, but yeah, it needs to be on a more kind of global. I just I think it's interesting the point that you made about um, you know we've romanticized the idea of like you keep going like if she said no like you keep going and it's become this ni like nice thing that he wouldn't stop and he was always he worked really hard for her but like 
that happens a lot in TV shows, and she said no. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we like it's become a thing that it's a it's a nice storyline and it happens again and yeah. again and again and he didn't give up but actually that you should have given up if she turned you down yeah. but that's kind of this like messaging that if if you've watched that I think there's probably <coughs> men who maybe don't see, who see that as a romantic gesture and actually like as a woman it can be quite intimidating to literally not be able to make this person stop behaving that way. <laughs> But it's yeah. nice when it's on TV. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and th when they do it on TV, they do it with like beautiful people that we're all like, oh, well, if it was that person. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. But then we're like giving it, then that, I don't know, we're like, it sends the message to men t who aren't <laughs> that guy that, um, that this is what women want. And then it sends the message to young women that this is what romance looks like. Yeah. And I mean, that's my fear anyway. I don't know, I don't have stats on this, but like, <laughs> but like yeah, I mean, even on the, that, that job where this, I had this conversation, uh, so when I was like, I'm gonna play this scene where there's distance between us because I'm, I'm trying to sort of respect her right to, like look, I watch a lot of dating shows. And, <laughs> and, uh, and there was um, like, for example, on, uh, What's uh, 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 Netflix? Um, Love is blind. Um, when they first, uh, so if you don't know the premise, they like they, they it's, you know, they're dating through a wall. They can't see each other, and then when they and they like propose to each other or something, and, and then it's like it, it, then they get to you know be revealed to each other. And I always dread the moment where they they meet up because I'm like, please don't grab her ass or something <laughs> like like you don't know her yet you need to leave room for her to maybe not like be that into you and and even if i don't know it's like i think guys just it's like well she you know she she got drinks with me or she she accepted the drink i bought for her so she so i get to have a conversation with her or she did that and i'm, I'm like none of this means that you then get to do the next like you get to advance it just wait and see what, you know, let her guide it. And often those guys' hands roam, right, as soon as they meet her, and it grosses me out. It's so gross. And, and I feel, though, like we're skipping steps of, like, the, the woman seeming interested and showing her yeah. consent and interest in, in uh, our, like, dramas and stuff for time. And I'm like, that's not a great thing to skip past for me. I want to see that. <laughs> Um, like, I want to see a, a tender love story, not a thing where the, the guy, like, I think we've valued for too long macho, um, like, like uh, supreme confidence, mm -hmm. approaching someone and being like, I'm just going to take you and, mm -hmm. you know, push you against a wall and kiss your brains out. Um, and so, yeah, anyway, on, the, on that project, when I was saying I, I don't really want to do that, I said, you know, she could um, kind of approach me a little bit, and I can wrap my brain around this moment then. And they said, but that's not sexy, that's not masculine. Uh, and, yeah. I've got, a really, I've got a really, really good point. Recently, so, um, I mean, okay, I've watched Magic Mike. And, um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> um, there, so the, you know, the, the dance to Pony mm -hmm. that Channing Tatum does, it's pretty hot. 
Um, <laughs> it's, you know, as cliched masculine as you can get. Google the video of his then wife, Jenna Dewan, oh, doing yes. it on <laughs> lip sync <laughs> battle. Way hotter. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, so, I mean, she's doing all, I mean, she's best as a man. She's doing like all the moves, male moves, the thrusting or whatever. It is so incredibly sexy. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, I, I just think that. It, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 masculine feminine it's um the the sort of the roles the things that you it's know i don't know who these you know the mm. people calling saying that that isn't sexy or that is sexy um it, it's all nonsense because it's in the eye of the beholder and actually we're so used to being seen this one type mm. of thing that then there's an assumption that the opposite of that is not and actually it can be even more right yeah, it made me feel like I didn't exist in a way, because I was like, yeah. this is the way I behave in relationships, or like, you know, in the beginning of a relationship, like, I, I, and you're saying that that's not, like, nobody wants that. Mm. You know, we don't put that on TV, because who gives a shit? Yeah. And, and, and that's, I'm like, I'm not masculine. I've never had, never been accused of it. Like, <laughs> but, um, but uh, not to my face. But, yeah. um, but I think that's sad. Like, that that's not, you know, yeah. But then that's like, you, as an actor, you're then told in that moment that you're here to deliver that instead of tell the story. And you're, you're, you're there saying, this story needs this, but they're like, this is sexy. And you're like, great, well, the story or <laughs> sex appeal, done. Like, and, and that can be quite demeaning when you're in those scenes. They, they should be there to continue telling the story. And then yeah. if something like that gets said on set, I just, I would find that really inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, well, I'm curious, and you kind of touched on this with your point, that the difference between men and women and how, what you're told on set during one of those scenes and what you would be told during one of those scenes. I mean, so it's kind of blowing my mind hearing, which is sad, yes. but hearing a man talk Same, like to this. be honest. Like, yeah. I actually haven't really had a conversation with a man like this. And, like, I think even with intimacy coordinators, as a female, it sometimes feels like they're there for you. And we've had conversations in our show about actually they're there to protect both people. And, you know, if anything was to go wrong and the woman or the man says like, oh, this happened, that's a dangerous place to be. So it's there to protect both people, but it still feels like it's like, oh, are you OK? But it should be both parties. And like men are allowed to feel uncomfortable with certain things within those scenes just as much as women are allowed to. But again, it's this like deep rooted idea that the man on set is having the time of his life mm -hmm. and the woman's not. But actually, like, I mean, we've proved the point that actually it can be really uncomfortable for both parties involved. But yeah, I think that needs to change, that they're there for both people. Mm -hmm. It's interesting too because I, I feel like the thing that I'm my point is is isn't even that I'm uncomfortable like with like where the the sex stuff might be going or whatever. It's more that I'm like I don't feel like that's responsible to put out the world. Mm, yeah. Like 
I'm not as puritanical as this sounds. It's just that that consent is a, is a massive thing for me. You know, it's it's like I, like I've always been mortified by the idea of someone feeling obligated to spend time with me or something. And and so I've always been like, it's like hands off yeah. until a lot of interest is shown or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why is that not? A good thing. I mean, you don't want to show that. You you want to show the guy just aggressively pursuing and then grabbing and and taking kind of what he wants. Mm -hmm. And he's supposed to be a good guy. Like, again, I'm not saying it's impossible for a good guy to do that, but he's got to be picking up on your yeah. You know, on your cues the, the whole time. Everything that comes before. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't show it. No. But that's often the hottest bit. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, I am going to open up to questions in a minute because I know that you guys probably have some. Um, I'm curious for you if you guys have any stories of any conversations that you've had on set. If you've ever brought up a situation where you thought, hey, like maybe this should be this other way. Or if it's, if it's a little bit, I would say, because of what you said, how men are kind of in their mind, like in our mind, as the way society paints it, that they're more comfortable doing all of yeah. these scenes. Have you been uncomfortable to bring things up? Is it, is it tougher, do you think? There's the opportunity now, though, with right. intimacy coordinators. That's that's the thing as well. So, what you know, you don't do this on set with two hours to film it. Like, there's a rehearsal period. There's conversations. So you can it's choreography. So you can design it and you can say, "A, I'm uncomfortable with this," or actually, this is the story that we want to tell, and these are the movements and the time that it will take to tell that story. So there's more of a a platform to to have those conversations before you actually get on set and you know what you've agreed to and the director knows what's going on so less so now um, but yeah I don't know yeah um, I, yeah I, I definitely it's a massive thing now to be able to have the opportunity to have you know, like loads of people say this, but you wouldn't just you know hand a fake knife to someone and go yeah fight <laughs> and, um, it, just to be able to talk things through, to agree on. Um, the actor I was with in the script was supposed to sort of strip completely naked and he was immediately like, I'm not doing that. So like, cool. And we spoke with the intimacy coordinator. We're like, what's the character saying by doing that? And we were talking about like his power, his control, um, you know, what he, and then found ways to do that without him being naked. Mm -hmm. um, and all of that stuff's really interesting and really creative and makes for a better scene and mm. um, all of that. Um, and I just think back to you know 15 years ago and situations where I've been on set and uh, it was with a, a very old famous director who um, was just sort of tugging at my costume knickers going, do these come off on set? And like doing this and that and you know, told us to drink from our mini bar in the morning and like, you know, all this stuff, which at the time I kind of thought was hilarious and mm -hmm. I was dining out on the story for <laughs> years and years and then uh, ended up sort of saying it on, uh, uh, in a conversation a bit like this about intimacy coordination and then as I was sort of saying it all, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> 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 there, there, there we go, there's that, okay. <laughs> hashtag me too. And uh, so yeah, I mean, I think good good things have definitely yeah. changed. But you're right; the subtler issue is um, around consent, and the, and it is a, a such a huge grey area. And um, but it's often all those subtle things that are much more interesting ways of playing in 
drama on TV and in our, you know, what we're seeing on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm curious for you, have you had conversations with other actors about this? Because I think for, I would assume it's a little intimidating for you to have to say like, hey, he wouldn't do, I wouldn't do this. Like a man wouldn't do this to a woman, you know, or. Or maybe, uh, sadly, maybe I think men, men would. would. But. Like, I'm saying I wouldn't. And I think it's bad that so many men would. And like, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I say it, I've said it for, for years. I, it, um, I, I hate to say it, I, I weirdly feel alone. Like I feel like most men are, are like, that I say it to are like, huh, <laughs> you know? Um, and uh, yeah, so it just kind of makes mm. me feel like, I'm like, okay, maybe, am, am I not, I'm not a good guy, I'm a boring guy. Like, um, and uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I'm like, I feel like, you know that old infomercial for electric scissors? Where they're like, they, they show somebody using real scissors and they're like, tired of this. And they're like, ow. Um, I feel like that's what men are started doing about consent. They started going, oh great, so like now that everybody's being me too, what, what am I supposed to do? If I'm like, oh, I've got, it's gonna take all the fun out of dating if I have to ask for all, oh great, so if I don't get some signed thing, I'm, you know, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it, it is not that hard. Yes, we can clap for that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing, I have not, I'm not some, I'm not a player, I've, I'm like monogamous, but I've been, like not having problems, like I have the problems we all have with dating. Right. Like, but I've had none because of my approach to enthusiastic consent. The only thing that I've ever had is like, maybe somebody's like, I can't tell if you're interested. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm, I'm being respectful. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're not used to it. Sadly. That's what we don't see on TV. Yeah. yeah that's no. why. Yeah. <laughs> For women, that comes yeah. off as he's not interested. Yeah. Like, no, I keep hanging out with you and you'll see. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a few questions. Are you here in the blue? Um, I was curious to know if you felt like the tides were slowly turning. Like you said, you know, when Jenna did the dance, it's so hot. I'm thinking Bridgerton, the second season. The slow burn is the hottest thing, mm -hmm. right? So I'm wondering if you guys feel that way or you, I mean, if you, if you feel like that it's still a long way to go. <laughs> I want to hear what they have to say. <laughs> Again, it, it sort of feels it feels generational. I feel like there's still a lot of men, like my generation, who yeah have have that attitude. It wouldn't occur to them um, to have any subtleties regarding consent. Whereas I feel like the younger men I know uh, and work with, I feel like we're all getting better at letting men be vulnerable, um, letting men be sensitive. Um, I have two boys. Um, I, they're very little still, but I am <laughs> determined, like beyond anything, if I do anything right as a parent, it's, you know, to, for them to grow up and be respectful of women and to, you know, have consent in, you know, whatever relationships um, they are in um, when they're grown up, but um, yeah, I, I think that the tide is turning, but it is slow. It is a slow process, um, and yeah, Nick, I, you maybe don't feel like that among. Yeah, not among like 
among the other actors. I don't know. Like I have a lot of talks about consent in general with my friends, men and women, and like again, this could sound like radically boring or something maybe, but I would argue that that is because of internalized misogyny that I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine, who's not, uh, not actors, they're both writers, a guy and a girl, and um, I was saying, I don't think a guy should ask a girl at the end of date one, or even some of the early handful of dates, if he can come up. I was like, it sends the message that you're that that's all you're after. That sex is all you're after. It um, it can put a girl who might be interested in you in a position of feeling like I don't want to reject him, or this might not go any further, or something. I'm like, just why even put the question in her mind? She'll know you're interested if you just say I'd love to hang out again, or something. And it, it it's like, what's wrong with just giving her space to figure out what she wants from this? Why rush into, can I come up? Um, even if you're thinking, well, I'm not planning on fucking her. It's like, yeah, but she's going to wonder if you're planning. Why fucking put the question out there? And the girl said, I disagree. I, I, and I was like, I... <laughs> look, I, without wanting to mansplain <laughs> um, what it's like to be a woman to a woman. <laughs> I was like... I was like, I feel like I'm having to protect you even from yourself because of internalized misogyny, because women maybe don't feel, it's, it's like, she was like, well, I want the guy to pursue me, and I'm like, yes, but you're picturing a guy you're interested in. A, a guy that you're not, if he hears this conversation, is going to feel given permission, and they don't even need permission. They, they, they are horrible <laughs> without permission. And, and so I was just like, like, you, this isn't, this isn't, like, you know, you don't want the guy that's going to ask you if he can come up. You think you do, I think, because of the way it's always been in life and in film and television. And I'm, I just think, like, I'd much rather see somebody, forgive me, like me, who, whose approach is, is more like mine. I'd be so much more, I would argue that we'd all be a bit more fulfilled by that um, you know, seeing some of that uh, interest play out and, and stuff and, and that slow burn, you know, um, building of trust and stuff, rather than like, yeah, let's hurry up and get to the, you know, the sex or whatever. Um, so yeah, it just bums me out that, ev that even like some of my female friends are like, yeah, but I want that, I want, I want the guy to approach me, I want to feel that, and I'm like, well, yeah, but part of that is probably that you don't, that, that there's this horrible double standard says that you're a slut if you if you ask mm. you know and and but that's internalized misogyny <laughs> you know so i don't know anyway this is just i so. think um so there was this horrible thing that happened in the uk um and it sparked a massive conversation with like sarah everard and everybody started sharing sort of their sexual assault stories which is horrendous but basically every woman has one um some the tide is turning because the conversation is happening. What bugs me is that it is women. Like, look at this room. It's women who are interested in having the conversation. Yeah. And it's the men who probably need to start listening, which is why it's wonderful that you're here. But um, it's... <laughs> well done. Um, <laughs> we got one. <laughs> but I think that... 
yeah, it, there's a, I've had a lot of conversations, not to quote you at all, but it's a lot of men saying like, oh, I wouldn't do that, I'm one of the good guys. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, but are you talking to your friends that are doing it? No, you're letting it happen. Mm -hmm. And actually the conversation needs to happen in the male community, because we all know, there's been, we were talking like there's a lot of um, women so when things go wrong, it's like, so women should carry pepper spray. They should b not be by themselves. And it's on us to protect ourselves yeah. when the behavior yeah. that needs to change is the male behavior. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think we've got a long way to go. <laughs> on set, it's getting better. The stories that we tell, that also needs to change, though, because, yeah, it's, it's just so deep-rooted. And I think that a lot of men think they're doing enough by not behaving that way, but they're not doing anything to change it. Mm. Let's take another question. In the back. <laughs> when you talk about scripts, you know, men, you know, writing, women writing, are you seeing a change in the scripts that you're seeing? You know, and also, you know, is the intimacy coordinator brought in when you're dealing with issues that you brought up, Nick? You know, you know, in terms of the problematic writing that's within that, you know, within the director and the intimacy coordinator. Um. Yes, I would say, I mean, we've just worked on a project that is, is um, you know, we've got a lot of women carrying it and it's more of a female story. Um, and that's what needs to keep happening. And um, Paul, who's one of these? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but it was quite, it was a surprise and it still is for me to have like read a script with uh, a female character um, that spans so many years, um, that is is flawed and multifaceted, and um, and it's still kind of unusual that these scripts are there and they're not very they're very few and far between. Um, but uh, it is definitely sort of new to me to have, and especially a, a male writer who writes a female so well, <laughs> but that, that's okay. Like, as long as uh, the writing is there and it's doing, I don't care if it's a man, an elephant, a woman who's <laughs> writing it, like, that doesn't matter as long as the, the, the content is, is bang on and, you know, s speaks to you. Um, and I feel like, I'd like to say that that's, happening more and that's changing, but my personal experience is not because <laughs> I don't find these things very often, or they don't find me. Um, I don't know how you... I don't, I, I don't think intimacy coordinate, I don't know, you can definitely correct me if I'm wrong, are involved in the writing process. So then it, they come in to the scene afterwards. Um, I think what's, what's amazing about working with them is that the scene is like an offering and then you can work out what you are comfortable with within it most of the time if you're working on a good production it's not like you have to do this kind of thing um but yeah i think like writers rooms are diversifying and 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 that's going to change the scripts that we we do start seeing but um yeah as far as intimacy goes i think it's becoming an expectation that there will be a coordinator on set, which is amazing because it means that you can, like I was saying earlier with the audition process, you can sign on and not feel like you're like, that's it, you have to do everything that's in the script. There is a conversation and every that can change with every scene that, that you look at. It doesn't have to be the same for every scene kind of thing, I think.
All right, guys, I think that is a great note to end on. Thank you guys so much. It's a great conversation. You have been listening to the TV Campfire Podcast, hosted by ATX TV co-founders Emily Gibson and Caitlin McFarland, and produced and edited by Sarah Light. This conversation was recorded live at ATX TV Festival Season 11 in Austin, Texas, between June 2nd and 5th, 2022. For more information on the festival and becoming an ATX TV member, follow us at ATX Festival or visit atxfestival.com.